Today, we're looking at 2 Kings. Now, 2 Kings is one of my favorite books, in particular because of some of the great stories it has inside and this dynamic with Elisha and Elijah. In particular, there's a story in it that, oh, I just I love to pass and love to bring up. When people talk about being in the faith, in the Christian faith, and they say the Bible is irrefutable and there's such great stories in it, I want to say, yes, I agree. However, have you read this story? Sometimes we act as if we know our Bible, but we don't. And this is always, it's a massive challenge for Christians to really get to know their scripture and know it well and to be able to use it daily because not knowing it is really a detriment to us. So without further ado, let's get into this. This big book has got some big questions and big ideas. We're in 2 Kings today, chapter 2, uh, starting at verse 23. Now, for those of you that are familiar, uh, Elisha is following, you know, this guy Elijah. They're good friends, uh, peers, some might say co-workers. So they're going up together, traveling from place to place. And in the midst of doing this, Elijah's about to die. And Elisha's like thinking, you know, how can this be? But also, okay, I'm, he's making peace with it. He's walking with him, going up to different places and, and knowing he's close to the end, right? Well, Elisha wants to know, what, what can I do to keep this going? We have a good thing going here, and I don't want this to stop. This is really important work. So in the midst of this, he continues to follow him and, you know, talk to him and, and, and say, you know, can I have a double portion of, of, of your spirit? You know, can I continue your work for you? And long story short, he does. And he does actually do quite a few miracles, much more so than Elijah did. So he's just another great prophet. But in the middle of this, after Elijah dies, and just kind of before he really gets the, the you know, the going, uh, Elijah has this weird run-in with these kids. So <laughs> just read this with me. I'm sorry this is your first time hearing it. It's a little shocking, so just fair warning. So in 2 Kings, the second chapter, it's like verse 23. It says, from there, Elisha went up to Bethel. As he was walking along the road, some boys came out of the town and jeered at him, saying, get out of here, baldy. They said, get out of here, baldy. He turned around, looked at them, and called down a curse on them in, front of the, in the name of the Lord. And so these, these two bears come out of the woods, and they maul 42 of the boys. And then he went on to Mount Carmel from there. Now, I mean, the first time I read that, I, I mean, this is why I called it, you know, the Bible says, what? Because it's it's just, it's incredible, isn't it? I don't, we just say this, we move on, like, okay, everybody cool with this? Great, let's keep going. No, <laughs> this is not, this is not a, what? So we're going to slow down a little bit and look at this, because this is just, it, it fascinates me. You know, we do this sometimes, we think we know our Bible, but just just go along with me. So, First of all, before we get into this, it helps to know a little background, a little context. So he's going up to Mount Carmel at the end, which should frame it and help us see this, but there's a lot of nuance in here. So first of all, up in Mount Carmel, which if you don't know where it is, you can actually go see it today. There's actually a monument underneath Mount Carmel um, called the Cave of Elijah. It's where they think Elijah may have stayed there. I don't know if they know that for sure, but you know, anyhow. So there's this place you can go and check this place out. Um, Elijah did stay on Mount Carmel. Um, and there's an altar there to Yahweh, Yahweh meaning God. Now, to be clear, the, the altar was killed or rather destroyed at one point in time. Um, uh, Elijah built a new one there. Um, and in the book of Kings, it's a really big, um, predominant location in the book. Um, that's also the place where Elijah challenges some 400 or so prophets. Um, these prophets who were, um, 
They have, we want to have a contest with them. They were so sure that their God is bigger and greater than the God of Israel. So they challenged Elijah. Uh, so they challenged him to this, and it's on top of the Mount Carmel. So this is a historic location for Elijah and Elisha, right? So he's on his way there, and, um, well, you know, when Elijah was around, these prophets... This contest they called was to, to, to figure out, you know, which deity is greater. Greater, And this is actually, if you want to read it, it's in, it's in 1 Kings uh, 18. Um, the challenge was to see, you know, it, whose God could light a fire. Just, just, you know, inciting it and bringing it about. Now, the prophets, who, you know, and there's a lot of prophets there representing Baal who, who, you know, they couldn't do it. I mean, they tried and they tried. It didn't work. Now, Elijah, and I mean, this, I, I love this. This is just, oh it, oh, it just warms my heart. Elijah thinks the challenge isn't difficult enough. <laughs> so he pours water on that, on this thing that's going to burn up, and then it lights fire anyway. I mean, talk about, I don't know if arrogance is the word, but it's, it, there's, a, there's just a hubris amount of confidence in this guy, right? So this is the context. This is the background. So the people in this area, they know Elijah. They know Elisha. Uh, they're not necessarily going out to make friends, let's say. So, <laughs> so they, so this is the context we find ourselves in. So Elisha then follows this guy Elijah, and they've gotten to know each other really well. They, you know, Elisha understands some of this background and whatnot. And you know, Elijah didn't necessarily want Elisha to come with. He kept saying, you know, stay behind, stay behind. You know, I'm going up to heaven. I'm done. You know, I'm I'm going up to God. And Elisha kept saying, you know, well, I, I can't let you be alone. I can't. You know, these people, these guys, are they're tight. They're close. They care about each other deeply, you know. He didn't want them to die alone or be brought alone or whatever was going to happen. He said, I'm, I'm going to be there with you, okay? So he's there with him when he goes up. In fact, he says it a couple times. He's, he's invited to, you know, Elisha, like, look, stay where you are. You don't have to come with me. And he keeps saying, I will not leave you, Right? Time after time after time. He says it three times in a row to him, I'm not going to leave you. Which, by the way, there are prophets coming by going, you know he's he's going away, right? And it's like, yeah, I understand that. I'm not leaving his side. <laughs> At one point, he says, just be quiet. I I'm staying with him, you know. So he stays with him. I mean, talk about, you know, this is these are these are close friends. They're not just peers and colleagues. They're he cares about him, he cares about the mission he's doing. So he stays with them. Now we go forward a little bit, right? And after receiving this, there's a couple things that happen, and he, he pours water into a well, and some, some water gets better, which, by the way, we can talk about, but it's not the focus for today. So he goes along, and first of all, there's an interesting turn of phrase here. When you talk about he went up or to go away, you know, they were talking about him going up, uh, this hillside, and then the, the kids are telling them to go away, which, by the way, they're not kids, spoiler, um, to go away. Um, this can also mean to bring or to 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 ascend, uh, to be lifted, to be received, in a sense. So it's not, you know, we sometimes use this toxic language of, you know, God took somebody. Well, God doesn't take you, you know, doesn't take anybody from you. That's not what God does. God is not a taker. God is a life bringer. You see the difference? God is a life bringer. God's the one that, you know, secured you to have the second life, to be able to have life eternal. In fact, when this whole thing started, 
you know, he wanted this to be a, a long-term thing. He wanted to continue to pour into us. And of course, well, we know how that goes. But anyhow, <laughs> so in the midst of this, it says it a couple times, he's going to go up. And, and, you know, and even these these young men, these these young men who, by the way, the young men, I'm going to show you here in a minute. Uh, from there, Elisha went up to Bethel, it says in verse 23. He went up. And later on, these guys are saying to him, get out of here. Well, if you look at it in the original text, the turn phrase is actually very similar. So we're talking about being received, going up into this place. But these, these, I mean, I don't know if you want to call them kids or young adults or adults, but they use the word interchangeably. You know, this, this turn of phrase for young boys are talking about here? Elsewhere in Scripture can mean lad, it can mean young men, it can be young people, youth. It could just mean young, like you know, it can mean servants. So there's a there's a range here. It's not just you know younger people. And when it says younger people, we're not talking five year olds. We're not talking ten year olds. We're talking teenagers at least. You know, and these young guys have nothing better to do per se, but they also have a level of arrogance. Keep in mind. Elijah had a lot of this 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 confidence. He went on top of this mountain and, you know, challenged these people and showed, you know, the king of Israel is great. So now these young people, who, by the way, are following Elisha, they're going out of the town and they're coming to harass him. They're making fun of him. Hey, you know, where's your friend now? You know, and, it, and it's not, I mean, <laughs> you'd think it'd be bad enough He's grieving the loss of his friend, but he's trying to, you know, keep the legacy going. And these kids, these young people, these young adults, these young men, they're running out after him. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever had this experience. Young people, just listen to me for a minute. We are terribly good at finding flaws in people, aren't we? I mean, we're really good at just tearing into people, really just looking at them, picking them apart visually and going, okay, I know what I can say that's really going to get under their skin. So I don't know if this guy, this guy, Elijah, is, is he bald or not? I don't know. I don't know what it is about him, but they just, they zero in on this thing about him. But when they say, get out of here, baldy, they're not just saying it. They're effectively chasing him out of town. They're not just chasing him out of town. They're also doing this little turn of phrase. They're being actually a little creative here. They're essentially telling him to go up the same way Elijah went up. They're threatening his life. They're saying, go on, get up out of here, Baldy. And in a turn of phrase, they're, they're almost saying, you know, get out of here. We're going to make sure you get out of here. They're, you know, they're, they're effectively like almost chasing him out of town. And this is not just a couple kids. These are a couple young men. And not just a couple... There's some 40 of them, and they're chasing them out of town. Get out of here, Baldy. So, you know, and, and this is just, man, he's already leaving. And that's part of the craziness of this. He's already leaving, but they want to harass him anyway. So they're harassing him. They're chasing him. And let's be clear here. These are young men. These guys, they're fully responsible for, for what they're doing. They know what they're doing. This is not, you know, oh, they're, they're young, they don't understand. No, they know what they're doing. They've gathered into a crowd. They're here to harass this man, to chase him out of town, and to borderline threaten his life. 
you know, they're talking about, hey, you know, they know that his, his this is a fresh wound for him. You just lost your friend who had to, quote, get up and get out. And we're going to reference it. And we're going to shout it at you. Get out of here. So they start gathering around this guy. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation before. I think it's it's been a rare thing for me. But have you ever been in a spot where you're, you're surrounded by a lot of hostile people? I don't mean like you made someone mad. I mean like a group. I mean like a gang of people or a mob mentality or just like a bunch of people who are furious. Maybe they're not mad at you. Maybe you've been in a gang or a riot situation. You've seen this, right? Uh, I mean, the closest I've come, I'll be honest with you, I remember going to uh, this great concert and they had this rave area. And I, I didn't want to go in myself, but I saw at a distance they would run at each other full speed and, you know, run into each other, all this stuff. And it was just this this visceral energy about them and they weren't even being angry with each other they were trying to have fun you know but this was like an outlet for them so imagine then them being mad at you being furious with you and shouting threats at you this is where he is he's having his life threatened going out of town which he's already leaving but anyhow so they're threatening him pushing him out of town these young men who could easily kill him easily but it isn't just that they don't respect him they don't respect who he represents you know it's not just that it's elisha but it's elijah who serves god it's not just elijah who serves god but it's elijah who also knew elijah and elijah pulled some stuff around these people and they don't care for elijah either it's this visceral angry get out of here and don't come back and we know who you represent they're furious furious with him so they chase him out of town, even though he's leaving. And so he turns around and he responds to him. Now, the text is something about calling down a curse on him. I mean, this is what's interesting. They don't even say what he says, just that he called down a curse. Just something, he said something to him, which if you read the original text when it says curse and you interpret it, it, it can mean curse and curse is the most common thing. But to elaborate a little further... Um, it can mean like despised or um, to be shook or to be, um, you know, um, to be slighted. It, it really is this, you know, to be a curse. You know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like you're doing this to me. Reflect on it. This is not, this is not good. This is not okay. Think about what you're doing. Think about what you're saying to me. Turn around and look at this. This is not Okay. You know, so he, he turns around and he says something to them. And he says it in the name of God. Now, at this point, it, it's going to escalate. Because if you've ever been in this situation, again, at this point, until this point, he's not said anything. But if you've ever been in that situation where you've been outnumbered, like 30, 40, 50 to 1, people that are angry with you, people that want you dead, the second you say something, it escalates. The second you retaliate, it escalates. The second he has the audacity to turn around and say something to him, it escalates. Usually it's not in your favor. But here we find a rare exception. Here we find this sudden, crazy event occur. These bears come out of nowhere. And which, by the way, this is just, it's incredible to me. We look at this like, oh, well, of course. No, not of course. These bears... <laughs> Do you realize how rare it is for a, a bear attack? 
I mean, look at the United States alone. It is such a rare occurrence. I mean, you're far, far, far more likely to die from just your heart giving out. You know, this, like cardiovascular disease, you're far more likely to get a stroke. I mean, you're far more likely to fall down the stairs, for heaven's sakes. You know how people die from car accidents? I mean, I mean, people from even drowning, which is not that common. Bear attacks are so rare, let alone being killed by a bear. It is such a rare thing. So for this to happen, it's just, it's remar- it's incredible that that of all things is what, what ultimately delivers him. And it's also important to note something else I found fascinating, and I love talking about my friends with this, but when you, when you read the phrase got mauled, if it killed them, they would have just said it. That's the thing that I really appreciate. When we, when we look through scripture like this, it does say exactly what it needs to say, and it's very concise. The problem is when it's concise, it's hard to interpret that conciseness and to get that, you know, that language to come across the same way. So when it says mauled, if you interpret mauled, mauled can mean ripped open, burst open, torn up. When you're around a crowd, what do you want the crowd to do? You want it to break apart, right? You want it to disperse. You want it to be scattered, torn up, split, broken. If you look at this this original thing talking about being mauled, one of the most common phrases, the most common interpretations of this is to be split. So if you reread this, when these bears came out of the woods, these 40-some men, they split. So I'm imagining some probably got hurt, and some, I think a lot of them, just took off and ran. That's what it took to get this crowd to be, which, by the way, they are now escalating to such a point that they want him not just thinking, talking, joking about dead. The second he escalates and he says, no, I don't, you know, get away from me, that's all the more they need to instigate. And at that moment, at that moment, the crowd is dispersed, and he gets away. He gets away to Mount Carmel. He gets away to this place where he lost his friend. He gets to continue on in this ministry. He gets to continue on to help others. But I think this says something about God. I think this says something about, you know, so oftentimes we are worried about outside risk, outside threats, things that could happen to you. And I'm not telling you it can't. Yes, it can. We just talked about bear attacks. Yes, your heart can stop. Yes, something can happen tomorrow, but we get so wrapped up in what could be. But look at what happened after. Look at what Elisha was able to do after, how he was able to keep his friend's ministry going. That much more so. He did more miracles than him. He was able to reach so many people. Do you realize how great this is? I think it is important for us to recognize and see these moments when God breaks in, these moments when God breaks into ordinary lives of ordinary people. It empowers them and helps them, even when they're surrounded by threat, even when they're surrounded by risks, even when the odds are severely stacked against them. God comes in and makes a way. It's incredible, isn't it? Well, that's about all the time we have for today. I appreciate you so much for tuning into the first episode. We plan on doing these every Wednesday, at least through August and September. I'm hoping we can do this throughout the year. 
but we'll see. It might be a seasonal thing. You'll just have to find out and wait. But in the meantime, thank you so much for tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. Go ahead and comment. Let me know what you think, what you would like to see in future episodes. I'd love to hear your feedback. And as always, God bless. Peace out.